It's Friday, January 10th, 2020, and today Tommy and I talk with Pete Skelly about enabling guest access and focusing on governance. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, everyone. Today, we've got a follow-up conversation with Tommy and Pete. How are you doing, guys? Doing, doing well. well. It's Friday. It is Friday. That's a good thing. And uh, yeah, we're right about to enter into the weekend, four o'clock on a Friday, and just wrapping up the week. And uh, today, I wanted to talk. We are committed, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So we've had a couple of conversation, uh, conversations about enabling guest access. And uh, as we were sort of prepping for this, it made me think of uh, growing up in the bathroom upstairs. We had uh, there was a little cross stitch that was up there that said um, no job is finished until the paperwork is done. And I feel like uh, with um, uh, SharePoint and Office 365, uh, no project is done until the governance is done, right? <laughs> you have to think about this. You, know, you really have to um, think through security and governance. And so therefore, we're pull, pulling in Pete. Do you ever think you'd get to a point, Pete, where you, you'd be pulled in as the expert on uh, security and governance in on a conversation? Wait, I'm supposed to be a security and governance expert? <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right you're what okay. <laughs> sorry um, what <laughs> so uh we've been talking we talked with Bo about um in particular we had some tommy and i had some fun talking about just the high level things with enabling guest access we had a great conversation with Bo, and it sort of got it started getting into the discussions about security because it naturally would because we're talking about opening up um Office 365 to folks outside your organization. And then security, obviously, is one of the, the initial things that you need to talk, talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what we wanted to do was to, to talk with Pete, again, along the theme of enabling guest access and opening up to folks outside your organization. Um, you know, as we prep for this, Pete thought a good thing for us to talk about would be governance. So why don't we hit it, get us started with this, Pete. What are, you, what are the, some of the first things that you should be thinking about when you're enabling guest access with regards to governance? So Bo mentioned uh, B2B and B2C uh, sort of guest types. I think the first thing is, you know, how are you going to what's the distinction, right? Understand the distinction between those two. So B2B is, is essentially um, tenant to tenant. So Microsoft 365, um, I may be, there's some subtleties in there I may be missing, but B2C is anybody that's a consumer account, Gmail account, something like that. Um, so, you know, that's probably the first topic. Um, the next one is, you've got a suite of services in Office 365 you're consuming, and that suite of services is governed by Azure Active Directory, right? So your tenant just has an Azure Active Directory instance sitting behind there kind of governing all this stuff. So A, understanding that linkage and then thinking, okay, I have all these services. How do I have to configure these and how do I control them? Um, and I think a good place to start is, you know, there's, there's two approaches. One, um, sort of try to think of everything in advance and do a little bit, bit of planning, um, a lot of planning. 
Um, and then the other is, you know, if you're a smaller organization or a medium-sized organization and just saying, hey, I, I just want to get out of the way. I don't want to be the IT organization that says no. Um, I just want to turn everything on. Well, how are you going to control that? In both situations, how are you going to kind of make sure you're not exposing yourself to uh, collaborate, collaborative activities that are going to put you at risk, right? So I think external guests, um, Office 365 is amazing as far as letting us treat partners, customers, clients as just, you know, somebody that I want to add value to and collaborate with to accomplish a goal, mm -hmm. right? But the when you start to enable some of these services like sharing and providing external links for anonymous guests and uh, links that anyone can click on and get back into and and well how do I know that that document library that I just shared that document from actually should have been shared from in the first place um, those are things that you know governance topics you should think of in advance okay um, so the services that you're you're using, you know, Bo mentioned, well, you know, you've got a, an Office 365 group that's associated with a team and you're collaborating in that team, but you have video. Oh, well, I can't really do much with today with stream and external users. Um, but maybe it's, uh, you know, how can I, how can I provide that content, but, you know, do it in a, in an effective way that's not exposing my organization to risk or that's not presenting challenges. So thinking of, of, you know, how do I provide guest access? How do I provide collaborative environments that um, are going to let us get our work done mm -hmm. um, and going to add value to both parties, but not get in the way. Yeah. Um, sort of the, the, we do, we've done sort of digital workplace workshops where we talk about if you're going to go through the exercise of, of governance planning, you want that to, the idea of governance should be don't impose friction where it's unnecessary. So if users are trying to create content and they're all internal, then maybe you can just get out of the way. Um, if they're, uh, if, you start to expand that audience and you start to get guest users or you start to get uh, partners that are different companies, but in this, in, you know, within office 365, um, great. Maybe you let the walls down a little bit um, and you open things up. Um, things like private channels had uh, create um, some new, uh, what I would call governance nightmares. Because yeah. um, a, a member can create a private channel and then, you know, even the owner doesn't know that it exists. So how are you going to manage that? Because what if they share, what if you have team sharing turned on as well and somebody has a private channel that they share something in? Um, so the scenario of, hey, I want to have an M&A activity in a private channel, but I don't want to, okay, then maybe I should disable um, external sharing in there as well, right? So just a kind of a quick reason why governance should be considered. As I'm talking to our customers, one of the things that comes up is now that I'm on Office 365, I've got everything moved in there. I've got my users collaborating there. Um, and I've got this journey of an evergreen environment that new features are constantly being released. Um, how, how do you see organizations governing that live environment? You know, let's say, 
there's new features that are coming out. They show up on the roadmap. Um, how are they typically um, rolled out? You know, are they rolled out, you know, turned off or turned on, or is it a mix? And you know, what do you see are some of the good practices that people are doing to, um, you know, think about how do I, um, you know, manage those features as they come? Yeah, I you. You just mentioned how are the features rolled out? Are they enabled by default, disabled by default? Some of those types of things. And the recent uh, Power Apps, Power Platform changes that Microsoft rolled out that just said, hey, you know, we're going to change the licensing model. And oh, by the way, we're also going to enable um, business users just to purchase licensing. I mean, that that has, there's, I guess there's two schools of thought there. Uh, just as an aside, A, um, that's great because now you've kind of, uh, to to use the Microsoft term, you've democratized uh, IT to kind of a citizen developer, right? So you've torn down the wall and IT doesn't have to be the organization that says no, um, but how do you budget for that? Like you get a bunch of users going out and registering for Power Apps and, and using um, the Power Platform for all sorts of things. Um, that can be kind of, that could upset your budget, right? Your yeah. cash flow could change rapidly. Um, so so it, some of that going behind what is is deployed by default and, yeah. and turning it off if you recognize some of the challenges with it? I would say as a general rule, most things are, are deployed kind of, if it's a green, you know, considering it's a greenfield, um, evergreen environment, um, most things, in my opinion, most things that Microsoft releases, they they go with pretty intelligent defaults. Um, however, the um, the there are exceptions to that rule, but in general, most of the things you're going to get, like uh, the external sharing, um, is is sort of a, a medium posture, so to speak, by default, right? So you've got to turn some knobs and buttons to to open things up they're relatively open to promote sharing um, but by and large it's it's pretty um, it, it's permissive enough let's put it that way and most of the features that they're rolling out are the same way so if, if something like um, the private channels is a good example that's that's something that you can just say disable at the tenant level um, so you can say no this this isn't available uh, to anybody um, and you can kind of delay the release and figure out from a governance perspective, do we really want to enable this? Well, what does it mean if we do? How am I going to govern this? How am I going to report on um, those, you know, and do a little due diligence? So how can I search for sites, site collections in SharePoint that were created with uh, the new site template for private channels, right? So it's a specific site template that you can search for to say, oh, well, these are the things that I have as you figure out how should i be governing these um and you know with external with external guests um you know how do you figure out what content was shared right so if you're going to be very permissive in OneDrive, and you your your governance rules for OneDrive are if you're in a sharing situation or a collaborative situation one to one or one to three and once you hit four or five you want to put that in a team um you know, how do you make sure that that is uh, shared appropriately? Um, what are you going to do for your users to kind of let them fall into the pit of success? Are you going to give them a little flow chart? We've done that for a few customers where 
especially for OneDrive, um, people are going to want to know how do, how should I do this? Well, if it's you know a document you're going to share with a small group of people, uh, collaborate in OneDrive, share that in OneDrive, and and you can collaborate that way. As soon as it expands, what are the rules? Um, and provide them that capability. Um, as far as what most of our customers do to to react, I think most of our customers are of the size where they know they're going to have to have some level of governance. So we've had some folks that said, I'm just going to turn Teams on. Um, they they have a, an Active Directory premium license and uh, they just say, I'm going to use some of the features of Act Azure Active Directory premium and enable those users to, um, you know, basically uh, turn once the group is about to auto expire the group and once the group is is about to expire they're going to get notifications and and have to um, basically say I'm still using the group or it's going to be deleted I forget the time frames for it but we also have other customers who have said you know I'm just going to turn things on but then post uh, deployment I'm going to look at uh, what's the use of, of that site or that team or that communication site um, and sort of backfill some metadata at whatever level it is, whether it's the group for the team or a SharePoint site, et cetera. So they know who owns this, what's its purpose, maybe a classification for the data. Um, you know, internally for us, we've, we've kind of made it simple and followed um, a couple of rules from Microsoft with, with high business impact, medium business impact, and low business impact. And our categorization of that is a little different than Microsoft, but having folks find, you know, the canonical, confidential, um, highly confidential, public and internal, um, being able to say, how do I know what content this is? And if I'm in a site that's um, low business impact, maybe you enable external sharing for those uh, teams and sites. But if it's high business impact, you may yep. say, no, let me turn all this stuff off. Yep. Um, so, ask that. so there's some sort of map, because I know you've been going through and classifying all of our sites. So there's a way to say whether a certain type of site can allow for guest access or that's something you can control? Yeah, so you can control that at the tenant level and then at the site level or team level as well. So um, that's one of those reasons. It's a, that's one of the best reasons for a provisioning process. A lot of times you say provisioning process and people think it has to be this incredibly um, heavyweight activity. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. It can be as yeah. simple as a flow um, and, you know, we've got customer customers where we've done just a very simple flow with a power app front end. Um, and that just starts a, a process where IT's going to provision that they, they might have a very low um, duration SLA to get it uh, created. But, you know, that enables them to say, what was the purpose of this? Is this an internal project? Well, internal projects are maybe medium business impact. And so you enable internal sharing only, right? Um, only your your uh, your finances. You probably don't want external sharing turned on in a finance related site. So your provisioning process can ask, what's the purpose of this site? And you can adjust sort of your managed metadata or excuse me, your metadata, um, not managed metadata, could be. Um, but how are you going to control that? How are you going to know what it is? What's the lifetime of that that particular object, whether that's a team or or associated resources to a team uh, for a group, et cetera? 
one of the things that came out from the conversation with Bo was sort of like uh, from the golden days of SharePoint, where you used to have, you know, sort of like an intranet uh, where it was for everybody in the company, and then you would create an, a separate extranet, and then, you know, it, the 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 move to the cloud has sort of like it's made things a little bit more gray, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, because you got you show up to somebody and you they're talking like there there's there's the um, the the concept now is not it's not so much okay we we used to have a an intranet and um, you would uh, only allow for internal users into that int- intranet that's a you know SharePoint web based yada yada you mm-hmm. still have those you still have those today where people are trying to um, I think where pe- people are a lot of these sort of like department sites and more where people are pushing out information to the masses that are there. But what was interesting from the conversation with with Bo was that we were sort of it was sort of getting to the point where they'll still continue to be sort of more like that um, our internal portal where we get um, where information is shared inside these larger organizations. But it, what I, what I found interesting was teams seem to be like okay I have a team I need to get something done. The people who are getting this you know that work done might be partners, might be a vendor, mm-hmm. might be working with a customer. And Teams sort of is that is that um, sort of like that the the security context, the place where like you you add people in and you pull pull people are going in and out through that. So I thought um, it's almost like this world of yeah we've got SharePoint online where we're you can go to our intranet which is web based, but a lot of as I'm as I'm you know for us as we're truly trying to get our work done, uh, we're working within Teams and we're pulling people in and out of these Teams where we're getting work done and it's it's not just people inside my organization it's everyone yeah and if you think about it you know back in the days of explicit extranets you were talking about creating kind of security boundaries some people were installing extranets on a separate machine or separate web app so you had those isolations and the new world of sharepoint that you create today in, in the cloud is you're you're trusting these environments are secure in the first place. And when you create something today, it's in this flat structure and it's it's more smaller pieces that you you know bring together in things like hub sites. So when you create an extra you know a site that has external users you're creating an extranet and you can create many extranets and you don't have to go create, go provision this new environment, yep. hardware and or web apps to do that. So we're empowered to create those SharePoint extranets, but now we've got this ability of making this decision of, is this you know information that you know we're trying to put out in the communication site? Or yeah. is this teamwork and and in collaboration around active content that you're trying to get work done? And so you can have that extranet scenario in both cases where maybe it's more informational for yeah. your partners that they have to go find guides and you want to structure that mm-hmm. well and you want to make it look pretty. Yep. They don't need to have a full-blown team. They just need to have you know, an informational site to get to that information. Um, I think it's you know, we don't think about extranets because I don't think you have to put in the effort to do the, the the architecture to make it a secure extranet. You you've got that provided for you by Microsoft. 
but the, the challenge is, is I, you know, part of it I look at is it, it could be a whole mixture of, I've got all these site collections out there that some of them have external access, some of them don't, and there's not really clear boundaries of, okay, here's where you go create your extra things. You just set a setting. Yeah, it, I think for some of our customers, what we've recommended just based on their requirements are how do you what are the mnemonics you use to help users make those decisions very quickly right so uh should i share something from this site well if that site has a classifier that's high business impact or confidential or internal only well okay that that should be your first cue right um, if you're uh, about to share something and you're looking at the team name, for example, we have uh, a customer and, and we do this internally is uh, if you have an, a truly extranet collaborative environment, the prefix to that team, uh, that group is actually external, right? Yeah. So external dash. So you know immediately that that site has external mm -hmm. sharing turned on. Uh, you have the capability for someone external to your organization to see this. It better be classified as L LDI or MBI. Um, so you kind of help help the user fall into the pit of success on that one. Yes. Right. Um, and so thinking of those things, you don't necessarily have to think of those things in advance, right? So you, so the likelihood of of somebody you know creating a site if you open up site creation or team creation. Uh, and getting into trouble by the time you know that site's created, well, you know, if you have an automated process behind that scenes, you can reduce the friction for creation, but require, hey, within two days, you have to tell me, or I'm just going to, you know, basically lock the site down and remove you. So, you know, thinking of those things in advance um, and kind of reducing friction, but making sure you're protecting yourself from a governance capability. Um, you know, do you want do you want all, do you want, what, what are the rules on specific teams? Um, maybe you want to uh, remove uh, guest deletion capabilities for uh, guests to delete channels or create channels in a team. Um, that's something you can figure out. Well, no, it's an external site, but I want to communicate, but I don't want them to delete something because I may have a compliance concern or I may have a need for, for storing some of that data. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's looking for ways, Governance gets such a bad rap. It's just looking for ways to not just uh, control, um, but enable, right? So governance shouldn't be such a dirty word that you're like, you know, nope, can't do that. No, it should be uh, yes. And how do I help you enable mm -hmm. that collaboration? It's right. it's yes. How do we configure your environment to do that? Yes. How do I get you an external sharing collaborative environment that doesn't put the business at risk? Yep. So. Well, if you've made it this long in the conversation, I salute you <laughs> for getting through to this. If this stuff is fascinating to you and you want to talk with it, I mean, a lot of this is great because we, we run into this with uh, with uh, large companies trying to deploy Office 365. And some of these things, we've uh, it's been great to be able to provide some guidance, work on some very difficult problems around this. Um, and we'd love to talk with you more. Come to the threewill.com site, go to contact us. That'll come to me. Uh, let's talk about what you got, what you're trying to do with regards to uh, enabling guest access. If you've got some questions, please feel free. If you're on the three will site watching this, 
leave a comment below. Um, thank you, Pete, for doing this. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I know you're- Both you stole were, all no, my no, thunder, no, so. <laughs> I know you're like, do I to say that? Bo, why that? Bo knew we were gonna follow up the conversation I, with you. So that's okay. That. We're just gonna have to have a, a different conversation where I can geek <laughs> out, that's all. But I, honestly, I think given what Bo said, the, the things that Bo and, and a few, and Will especially, uh, those two have a lot of experience with kind of the, the turning the knobs, but I think the work yep. that they did to get to that point yep. um, is undersold, it's underappreciated, because um, it takes a lot of effort to figure out, well, how am I gonna control this without really kind of doing it in a bad way and enabling the things you're trying to do, so. Yeah, I think it's a follow-up on a rundown that uh, spreadsheet from Will. There it sounded like there was some good stuff there that we, you know, probably should reuse on projects and, and maybe find some form of it to share with the community so they're aware of it as well. Yeah, definitely. So I, li I like the idea of making that. Tommy mentioned, you know, putting that out, and if somebody, as things change, being able to update that from yeah. the comments, it's a it's a good way to do that. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, thank you for doing this on a Friday afternoon. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Work Together Better podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you're looking for a partner to help you craft a modern digital workplace on the Microsoft Cloud, please come by and see us at 3will.com. That's the number three spelled out, W-I-L-L.com. Thank you and have a great day.